Hello and welcome to the Providence College Podcast. My name is Joe Carr. Let's talk today about Friar Athletics. Our guest is Jill LaPointe, Deputy Athletic Director and Senior Woman Administrator. Jill has been at BC since 2000, having previously been a Brown University Assistant AD for two years. Before that, she was a field hockey coach and administrator at Juniata University. A Pennsylvania native, Jill graduated from Lockhaven University and earned a master's degree from Smith. Jill, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Joe. Thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. We'd like to know a little more about sort of the management structure of the athletic department. Can you describe how it sort of works with respect to things like internal focus, external focus? I know each team has a specifically assigned administrator. Can you walk us through that? Sure. So, um, as you know, our structure here at Providence has um, Bob Driscoll as our athletic director. And uh, shout out to Bob, who was recently promoted to uh, to vice president. Um, but Bob leads and oversees our entire organization. And really then next on the organizational chart um, really has myself and Steve Napolillo. And um, my focus being more on the internal side of the department and Steve's focus um, really being specific to the external side. Um, and then we have a series of other incredibly talented associate ADs and assistant ADs who oversee the management of other areas in the department like athletic compliance, business and finance, media relations, student development, ticket, uh, marketing and promotion, sports medicine, and you know the list goes on and on. So um, yeah, so the structure you know at the top is Bob and then filtering there are just all kinds of talented people who uh, help us you know build build the success that we have uh, through the department. And each sport has one of you assigned, right? Is, and how does that work? And what does that sort of mean? Yeah, so um, regarding the administration of our teams, um, each team has a sport administrator or a sport supervisor. And, um, you know, that tends to be either one of the assistant or associate athletic directors. And, um, you know, I serve as the sport administrator for several programs, men's and women's cross country, uh, women's basketball, field hockey and volleyball. And then, as I mentioned, you know, some of the other assistant and associate ADs serve in that role for other programs. Um, the job of the sport administrator really is, you know, to partner with the coaches to help make them successful, help help them be successful and help the program succeed. Um, you know, it's really about forming a bond between you and the coach, um, understanding how that coaching staff operates, and um, just, you know, trying to get at what the coaches need to build and maintain a, a successful program. Um, and it's funny, a lot of people think you have to have played a sport or coached a sport in order to serve in the sport administrator capacity. And, you know, that's really just not the case. Um, your job as a sport administrator isn't, isn't to draw up plays um, or even to manage X's and O's, but... But really, I think to do the sport administrator job effectively, you really need to understand and appreciate uh, what goes into building and maintaining program success, understanding the pressures and the stresses that coaches live with, um, and really understanding the nuances of the sport and and, and just having a trusting relationship with coaches and the student athletes as well. I, I think it's important that a sport administrator um, is is seen by the student athletes as part of the team, and not the administrator who you know it comes around when there's an issue or a problem. So it's a really special role. It's it's one of my favorite duties um, in my job, and it's it's just really a pleasure to partner with coaches and, and student athletes and and try to do what you can to partner with them to help them be successful. Someday you ought to take out a calculator and a calendar and try to figure out how many Friar games and I guess in the case of cross country meets you have. Uh, seen over the past 19 years, right? It would be a pretty big number. Yeah, it's it's just great fun, and it's a, it's tremendous joy.
joy to go out there and and you know watch practices and and see what's happening behi- behind the scenes with the coaches and then to go out and watch the student athletes execute game plans and whatnot it, it's just uh it's really an awful lot of fun so every ncaa program athletics program has a senior woman administrator a role you have held here since you came here in 2000 what does that mean Gosh, I'm glad you've asked that question. Um, there's actually a, a good bit of misunderstanding about that designation, um, really both within our industry and, and outside of it. Um, it's actually a designation, It's and, and I applaud you. You know, you said the senior woman administrator. Um, it is that. It's the senior woman administrator. Um, some folks tend to call it the senior women's administrator. And those well, two would be things a different thing, have, wouldn't it? have very different meaning. And so the SWA, it's a designation. It's a leadership role. It's not a job um, or a position that carries particular duties. So um, the NCA defines the SWA as the highest ranking female involved in the management of an institution's uh, collegiate athletic program. And the intent, the intent is really um, to promote meaningful representation of women in the leadership and management of college sports. So specifically, um, to provide leadership to men's and women's sports, not just um, specific to leading, leading a women's sports program or simply overseeing gender equity. As you indicated already, you are the uh, administrator for at least one men's sport, and some women's sports have a, a man as their administrator, right? So it doesn't line up. Of That's course, correct. that way it would be uh, it'd be too much for one thing because we have a lot of women's sports, as do uh, I guess all NCAA programs uh, appropriately. So uh, that, well, that's interesting. I mean, it makes good good sense when you describe it that way. Thank you for that. What is it that drew you to PC, and what's made you stay here for? 19 or so years now. <laughs> yeah, hard to believe it's just under 20 years. Um, but actually, a Providence grad I, I, uh, brought me to Providence College. Um, uh, back in, uh, I think it was September, October of 2000, um, I worked at Brown University in the athletic department. And uh, my supervisor at the time was uh, Dan Egan, who was uh, class of 1992, Providence College class of 92. And Dan was my super supervisor, and, and we worked together for, for the time that I was at Brown. And one day he uh, approached me and said, you know, there's this opening at Providence College, and that's my alma mater, and I really think you should take a look at it. And so um, I'd only been at Brown for really just under two years at that point, and really you know, certainly wasn't looking for for my next step. Um, but as Dan and I talked about about the opportunity a little bit more, um, it became clear to me that, that this was an opportunity um, that I really needed to look at. And, and so I did, and things worked out. And I really couldn't be more pleased because I, I just love um, every day of the nearly 20 years that I've spent uh, here in this department. Um, it's interesting. Um, usually in athletics, you have to pick up your life and, and move very far away to take your next position. So uh, I was really fortunate to, to be at Brown and just really cross over Route 95 to, uh, to take on my next opportunity. And I, I often will tell people I, I love both institutions for uh, lots of different reasons but I, I do feel like I landed at the one, the long-term one for me for, uh, for the best. I'm just thrilled that I've had all these great years here at Providence College. So you were here when Bob Driscoll arrived. Uh, congratulations. You've done a nice job bringing him along. <laughs> that's Over. right. That's right. I, I came on at Providence, and uh, you know the, the vacancy happened, and I was incredibly fortunate to serve on the search committee uh, when, when Bob came to Providence. And um, 
feel so blessed and grateful to have, to have worked under him for all these years. So of all the things that have changed since 2000 in the Friar Athletics Department, and by the way, we could reframe that and say in the past month because things happen so fast here, but what are the things that, that make you most proud from a big picture perspective? Oh, gosh. You know, there's that's a tough question because there's so much. But I think I would have to first point to um, the academic success of our student-athletes. Um, you know, just last fall, our, our department earned a combined GPA of 3.22, which we're really proud of. Um, 32% of our student-athletes were on the dean list, and just under 62% of our student-athletes have a cumulative grade point average of 3.0 or better. And uh, so we're just incredibly pr- proud of that success. And and when you think about, you know, student-athletes needing to excel both in the classroom and uh, on the playing field or the pool or the court, um, you know, we're just really proud that our student-athletes are excelling in, in both arenas. Let me set one on a tee for you here. And when we talk about students doing well in the classroom, that's particularly impressive, isn't it, in the context of the, the extra challenges that they face with respect, especially to their schedules? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the time demands on our student-athletes are, are really significant. And, um, you know, they manage them well. And we do our best to try to always provide them with the tools um, necessary to to maximize their time and to use their time well. And we're fortunate to have just an outstanding um, Office of Academic Support Services uh, who help our student athletes with their time demands and their schedules. And, um, you know, and our coaches understand as well that, you know, student athletes have, uh, you know, their job, you know, as students, their job as athletes. And then, you know, they also, you know, are trying to juggle, um, you know, having an, an enjoyable social life while they're while they're here on campus. So um, there are stresses and pressures, and the time demands are great. But the benefits of being a student athlete are are fantastic as well. So uh, we'll we'll take that. As you look to the future, what do you see as some of the opportunities with respect to Friar Sports for growth and the even let's call it improvement? Well, I would say specific to women's sports, um, I would love to see more people in the stands. Um, at any of our women's athletic events. If, if anyone's out there who's listening and hasn't been to a Friar women's athletic event, I would encourage you to take a look at friars.com and, and you know peruse the schedules and, and come out to, to a game. We've got impressive athletic facilities, um, great coaches, just really outstanding young women uh, who are competing for us. And, and the competitions are they're exciting and competitive. So um, I know that's one of the things for me, uh, looking at our women's sports, that I, I would love to see not only on our campus, but in society, more people jumping on and becoming fans and spectators of, of women's sports. We're recording this on Valentine's Day. So just a few days ago was the uh, Pink Out Friartown women's basketball game uh, the previous Sunday uh, against St. John's. I was uh, pleased to be there and enjoy that. And I'd like to echo kind of what you said because it is high-level performance. Mulaney Gym, for example, is a fantastic place to watch a basketball game. It couldn't be much much better. And that was a nice crowd and a nice atmosphere and a, a big event uh, for an important cause, breast cancer awareness and um, and support, and also specifically in support of a PC staff member, Jen Rivera, who's dealing with that right now. So a really, a really nice event, and I suspect that made you feel pretty good. It did. Um, you know, our women's basketball program and our marketing and promotion staff did an absolutely outstanding job of partnering with, with Jen's office here on campus, the Office of Academic Support Services. Um, to come together on this Pink Out event in, in support of Jen. And, uh, you know, she's had such a positive impact on the college. And 
to see so many people um, from across campus come out to support her in the cause was was really very very special so three years from now we'll be talking about the 50th anniversary of title nine 50 years how about that uh, let's talk a bit more about that i'm sure it's something you have put a lot of thought into during the course of your career what from a broad perspective has been the impact of title IX. well the statistics and the growth um, of girls and women in sports since the passage of title nine is is incredible and you know what we know for a fact is that girls who participate in sports um, they're more likely to get better grades in school um, they have higher levels of confidence and self-esteem. Uh, they have a more positive body image of themselves, and they experience a higher state of psychological well-being. So, you know, the impact is just undeniable, and um, you know, it's it's fantastic to see the emergence of some some new sports and to see the growth in in others. So, um, yeah, the passage of Title IX was is is really done amazing things for girls and women in sport. It's fun to see uh, the national profile, international profile of some NCAA women's sports now, too. When we think about in the spring, it's kind of fun to watch the softball tournament, the on television, women's basketball, of course, is terrific on, on television. These things must have been unimaginable when Title IX came into being back in 1972. Yeah, I, I imagine that is the case. You know, I was, I was five years old uh, in 1972 uh, when Title IX legislation was passed, and um, it's just, you know, that that legislation was instrumental in me being provided with the opportunity to play sports um, and learn and grow through sport. You know, I'm grateful that I had opportunities that my mom um, did not have. And for me, those opportunities actually ended up translating into, you know, an incredibly fulfilling and satisfying career in college athletics. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, all a tribute to that legislation that was passed in 72. Let's talk about you as an athlete. So you coached field hockey. That would suggest that that was one of your primary sports growing up in Pennsylvania. What did you play? I did. Um, I, I grew up in a small town in northeastern Pennsylvania, and um, our little town did an amazing job with youth sports. So I was fortunate to be exposed to, you know, a variety of sports at a young age. Uh, I, uh, in high school, played uh, field hockey, basketball, and softball. Those are my three sports. Um, but you know, on the side, I'd, I'd play a little tennis and do some skiing. So I uh, always just love being active. Um, but field hockey is the sport that I did end up pursuing in college. Um, and, uh, you know, through that, field hockey has been a part of my entire life. So I played in college. I went on and I coached a bit uh, at Juniata College. And, and I did a little coaching right out of uh, undergrad. And, uh, you know, there was a point in my career when I did a little bit of a, of a pivot and I went from coaching and I moved into administration and uh, uh, but I stayed in field hockey. I was able to maintain connection to that sport through some administrative roles. I served um, as the chair of the NCAA Division One field hockey committee uh, for two years and, and was on the committee for four. And then, you know, for all the years that I've been here, I've been the primary sport administrator for that program. So, uh, yeah, field hockey's been a special part of my life um, for many, many years. One of our favorite podcast guests many months ago was Diane Mattel, the current Friar field hockey coach, who, when you look around Providence College, you're not going to find many better athletes than Diane Mattel, who played 
on the U.S. Olympic uh, field hockey team. So uh, she's pretty great both as a as a coach and as an athlete. Huh? She is. And interestingly enough, Diane and I grew up about 45 minutes away from one another uh, in northeastern Pennsylvania. So um, I, I knew of Diane uh, through my years and uh, she was an outstanding athlete and, as you mentioned, went on to, to be a member of the Olympic team. Uh, and then for all these years later to come back and then have an opportunity to work together uh, has been really special. And I, I have, um, you know, just, just tremendous uh, appreciation for the job Diane does with our, with our young women. We talked about the big initiative uh, involving uh, the Pink Out Friartown game and associated activities uh, through the course of this current season. But you're involved in a lot of uh, of initiatives of various kinds, and one that's gotten some well-deserved attention in the past year or so is the You're Never Alone in Friartown mental health um, program that you and John Rock, who was a guest not too long ago, uh, really instrumental in in shepherding and piloting. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came to be and why why that's so important, and why is it distinctive here in the Friar Athletics Program? Sure. Uh, we've we've long been tracking on the fact that uh, mental uh, mental health and wellness was was becoming more of an issue for our student athletes. Student athletes were coming to us with more issues, um, and so we've been tracking on on this for a while. And uh, back on July first, uh, we promoted John Rock to a new position on campus. Um, his new title is senior associate athletic director um, for health and well being. And you know, I think that promotion really speaks to our commitment to our student athletes. Uh, and and we could have searched, uh, we could have done a national search for somebody to fill that position. We and we wouldn't have found anyone better than John Rock. And he is actually the guy who who came up with the phrase "You're never alone in Friartown." And uh, so grateful to John for coming up with that. And it's it's taken off, and it's it's been incredibly impactful. Um, as we talked about earlier, our student athletes are under a great deal of stress and pressure and time demands, and we're really just committed to doing the best we can to provide them with the to- tools and support that they need to manage manage all of those things. And you know, John will often say, and we talk to our student athletes, it's important to you know destigmatize the whole notion of mental health um, and make sure people know and our students know that it's okay to not be okay. Um, yeah, so so we're incredibly committed to that, and and one thing that's exciting that's coming up, um, the Big East Conference is actually also um, very committed to student athlete uh, mental health and well-being, and this coming June uh, they'll be sponsoring and hosting the third Big East Conference uh, student athlete mental health summit, and and Providence College will ask, actually be hosting that event. So we've been in the process of planning that event for quite some time, and we look forward to colleagues from you know the nine other Big East Conference institutions coming to Providence College uh, and spending some time together with experts in the field and our colleagues. Uh, just to figure out how we can do that even better, how we can support our student athletes um, in better ways and, and in new ways. That kind of work must be particularly re, particularly rewarding because, for one thing, you'll have long-term impact on a student-athlete who, who gets involved in this kind of programming, but it would seem like an environment like this is a place where you can really make things work. You have a, a group of people, they're in one place, there are support services attached to uh, the initiative and the associated programming, so... There's a lot there, isn't there? There is, and it's it's nice that you know we're coming to a campus, as you mentioned. And you know, the first two years of the summit, uh, the targeted group or, or the folks that came to the, to the event were student athletes and administrators. And in this third 
uh, go-around of hosting the, the Mental Health Summit, uh, we'll be bringing coaches into the conversation. And uh, I think that's incredibly important. Our coaches spend an incredible amount of time with our student-athletes, and the relationships that are built there um, are, are just incredible. And, and it's important to have the coaches involved in that conversation. So uh, in this third iteration of this summit, we'll have uh, administrators, student-athletes, and now coaches as well all coming together uh, for this important conversation. So during basketball season, we should talk about the Friar basketball team, don't you think? The women's team has really taken a, a few steps forward this year. They're around 500 in, in the Big East, and, and things are pretty exciting. It's been a really fun season uh, for Providence College women's basketball this year. Uh, this is Coach Crowley's third season with us. Uh, and he and his staff are just doing great things with the program. They've this year they've got terrific senior leadership in uh, Yo-Yo and Maddie and Clara, and they've got a, just a terrifically talented group in their freshmen and sophomores. So we're incredibly pleased with where they are, and just so excited for the great things that we're sure to come in the future for that program. They've they've positioned themselves right now very well as we near the end of the season, uh, heading into the Big East tournament, and they're. You know, currently tied for third place with three other teams right now. So there's a lot of parity in Big East women's basketball, and it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. But no doubt, Joe, we are really excited uh, about where this program is going. I shouldn't ask you this without having given you a chance to prepare, and I probably should have looked it up myself, but when's the next home game? Can you think of that? Uh, yes, yeah, so the next home game will be uh, Saturday, February 23rd. We'll be playing Creighton. Creighton's actually our travel partner. Uh, so we'll be playing them on the 23rd. It's a 4 o'clock game. Our men will be playing Marquette at noon. And then hopefully folks will leave the dunk, come back to campus, and catch the women's action against Creighton at 4 p.m. Sounds to me like a good way to spend a day. <laughs> Great. So Couldn't agree more. Can't possibly go wrong. So uh, you grew up in Pennsylvania, as you indicated, northeastern Pennsylvania. Who are some of your favorite teams? What what sports are your favorites to follow? Well, of course, you know, having lived in New England for, for the many years that I have at this point, I'm obviously a Red Sox fan and, and a Patriots fan. Um, yeah, I love all sports. You know, give me the TV and the clicker and, you know, whatever sport I come across, I love to watch. But in addition to sporting events, you know, we go to a lot, them, a lot of them. You alluded to that earlier. So a lot of times, you know, if I, I had a chance to take tickets to a game or tickets to a theater, you might you might find me opting uh, on the side of heading to the theater. But I love all sports, and and you know whatever's on or what's ever in front of me, uh, I'm probably probably enjoying it. Do you have a favorite athlete? Oh gosh, a favorite athlete. You know, right now. Um, you know, I've been following Lindsey Vaughn for many, many years. I like to ski sort of in my in, in my recreational time. And so uh, with her career coming to an end, she's one of the ones that comes to mind. I've always been fond of Serena Williams and what she's done for, for women in sport. Um, you know, and then there's, you know, there's the oldies, the Billie Jean Kings of the world and the Babe Diedrichsen Zaharias and... Annika Sorenstam, you know, the list goes on and on. But, you know, Lindsey Vaughn and, and Serena Williams are two that, uh, that I'd say are among my favorites, contemporary athletes. Can't go wrong with either of them, that's for sure, can you? Well, Jill, thank you for your time today. This has been fun. We'll uh, look forward to uh, following the rest of the women's basketball season and then moving into, well, softball's kind of really all underway and moving to spring sports. We're in kind of a, 
uh, hinge season right now, aren't we? Going, transitioning from winter to spring in some ways. Yeah, it's always fun. The crossover, you know, between fall and winter is a really busy but such a fun time. And, and likewise, right now we're kind of uh, concluding the winter season and, and really ramping up with the spring. So it's, yeah, it's a terrific time of the year. Well, Jill LaPointe, thank you again for your time. And as they say everywhere in this building, go Friars. Go Friars. Thanks, Joe. And thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the Providence College podcast at all the usual places, and they're available on the college's YouTube channel. Feedback is welcome at podcast at providence.edu. For our producer, Chris Judge, I'm Joe Carr. Until next time.